Good morning. Welcome to St. Matthew. Does anybody else have shorts on today? Raise your hands if you got shorts on today. I love it. I, that wasn't even about you. Delo's got shorts on back here. We uh, try to be inclusive. So glad you guys are here. Would you stand and worship with us? Good morning. Welcome to St. Matthews. Oh, this is a cloud. One, two.
next song that we're going to do for you guys is in the key of G.
I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last, he has ransomed his grace. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for Yes, He spirit here today. Father, I come before you as an orphan. I come here as finding my place here in your house where I am always welcome, Lord. We come as your children with all play, all from different walks of life with different burdens on our hearts. And God, we just lay those down here at the altar so that we can worship you and give you all the honor and all the glory for making a place for us through your son, Jesus. Amen. Come on, kids. Come on down. Do you know what this means? Come on. Is it just going to be you and me? Now here comes another one. You know, when Erin sends out her text, talks about the order of worship, she always puts in their crosswalk with Sammy. I said, I feel like it's a children's TV show, like Mr. Rogers. 
Hey, it's just the two of us today, huh? Is that it? I think that's great. We're going to have a little talk. You want to have a little talk? Yeah? Oh, wait. Where? Almost. It's okay. I have candy. Only listen to that in church, though, okay? All right. When you've got a problem, when something's wrong, who do you go tell about it? When something's wrong, when something's bothering you, who do you go tell about it? Hey. When something's wrong, who do you go tell about it? Nobody's going to talk to me this morning? Do you go to your mama? Yeah. Do you go to your daddy? Yeah. Do you ever tell your friends? Yeah. Do you ever talk to the chair? Yeah. All right. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you know what? When Samantha was really little, okay, she was on a trip with some friends, and apparently one of their friends had one of her friends had done something embarrassing, and I had called her just to, just to check on them and you know make sure everything was okay, and and Samantha started telling me about this thing that had happened to her friend that was embarrassing, and I heard her in the background, her friend going, "No, don't tell him, don't tell him," and Samantha said, "Hold on, just a second, Daddy." And as she pulled the phone away from her mouth, I heard her yell to the car, I can tell my daddy anything I want. (laughs) And you know, that made me feel really good. Because I wanted her to feel like she could tell me anything she wanted to tell me. Whatever's on her mind, whatever's on her heart, whatever's troubling her, what's bothering her, anything. And you're leading into what I was going to say next, which is God wants us to feel like we can talk to him about anything. How do we talk to God? Um, We talk to him nicely. Well, yeah, we talk to him nicely. But what do we call it when we talk to God? What are we doing? I just like you talking to me. Respect? That's so awesome. We got all these great words. What about prayer? When we go to God in prayer, that is us having a talk with Him. That's the time that we can tell Him about our problems and our joys and whatever's on our hearts and mind. And you know what? That makes God feel good because He wants us to seek Him out in prayer. He wants us to talk to Him. So, are you going to do that? Are you going to talk to God in prayer? Yeah? You make sure you tell your mom and daddy we need to talk to God in prayer. Yeah? Yeah? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah? Be nice to people. And, and be nice to people. That's a little add-on. That's Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. We're going to be nice to everybody. All right. Well, I tell you what. How about, do you want to pray this morning? Uh, no, I'm not really ready to pray. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll pray for us. All right. How about that? Y'all ready? Let's bow our heads and talk to God. Heavenly Father, We are so grateful that you desire that we seek you out, that we come to you over and over again, and that we tell you our troubles, we tell you our joys, we just tell you what's on our mind. We can tell you anything, and that's something that's pleasing to you, and that's something that we need to have a desire to do, that we want to do. So help us us to have that desire, Lord. Help us to remember that If we don't feel like we've got anybody else we can talk to, we can come to you in prayer and talk to you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody, don't leave just yet. Oh, I got to roll over here. Uh. Yep, like a ninja. There you go. (laughs) As the children begin to head back to their seats, Um, I just want to take this opportunity to welcome you to worship once again. My name is Erin Hicks. I'm one of the associate pastors here at St. Matthew's. And as we like to say in here, welcome home. Because this is a place where we truly believe in being family for and with one another. And just the importance of being a place where everyone can feel like we can come with whatever it is that we are carrying and know that 
here we can worship and here we can worship by either just taking the words in or singing loudly or with kids dancing or sleeping or whatever it is, it's the best place to be is in God's house. So we're glad you're here this morning. At this time, I'd like to just raise up a few things to our attention. The first is, I hope you got one of these newsletters because summer is coming to a close. So there's a few uh, announcements for the fall starting back that I want you to be paying attention to. And the first is that in two weeks, we're going to have the blessing of the students and teachers. And students, I know, Preston, you're going to bring your backpack from med school. So it's anyone. If you're any type of student, any type of teacher, we want to pray over you August 5th in all three services because we believe that that's an important way for us as a church family um, to just be present for and with one another with the school year to come. And also, there is youth tonight, even though they just got back from Houston last night at like 8 p.m. So there is youth tonight. And then uh, children's activities that are coming up are listed on the back of the bulletin for parents of kids. There's something uh, a little different that Jennifer Heath is doing this year for parents to help um, each of the parents of different aged children prepare for the year ahead. And then also just, if you haven't yet, I'm going to invite you to take the opportunity to sign in on the attendance sheets on each row. Let us know you're here and let's again know how we can be in prayer for you in the week ahead. But at this time, I'd like to invite uh, John Frazier to come up. John Frazier is our chair of leadership council at this church. And he's going to share about one of the inserts in our bulletin. Thank you, Aaron. Good morning. It's great to be with you. Uh, my wife Peggy and I have been a part of St. Matthew's uh, from the very beginning. We've raised our four daughters who are grown and moved off. And uh, this place is very special. It's our family. It's our church. And I've been blessed to be a part of the uh, Need Assessment Task Force. I hope you have little handout that was available with your uh, programs today. It's a really good document, and it, it walks us through what's been going on since June of last year with this committee. And it's made up of 13 members, and uh, as you know, St. Matthew's is a very, very busy church, a very busy place. A lot of activities, a lot of ministry goes on each and every day. We may be here on Sunday or Sunday and Wednesday but a lot is going on. So this task force was formed to evaluate all the activities and ministries to determine what the needs are to take St. Matthew's forward for years to come. So a process has uh, been followed, and that's kind of spelled out here in this document. And uh, we've got a lot of information that we've studied in the past. This is not the first time that uh, committees have been formed to evaluate where we are as a church and where we need to go forward. But we've taken that data. We've uh, visited with the different work areas, ministry areas within the church, those leaders. We've visited with the staff. But we've got input from a lot of folks, and a lot of you have had input. But we, we pulled together to pull all this information to see where we need to go as a church. <clears throat> and a lot of this is focused and primarily focused on our facility. We have so many things going on and really just not enough space to take care of all the different ministries. So our task has primarily been to see what we can do to improve uh, the environment that we're all in, what do we need to do as a next step. In that process, we have hired a consultant, and if those of you that have been involved, whether it's this church or another church, if you're looking to do a big project, uh, it's been proven that you're, you're much better off if you bring in the experts, if you bring in someone that has the experience and the uh, knowledge with other churches and what they're doing to help our church. And we are blessed to have uh, Michael Villardo is going to be a part of our team. We will be meeting with him in about two to three weeks, and he will be working with us as a congregation in small groups, 
as well as through a survey. And this process is really uh, a feasibility study. We're trying to determine, with Michael's help, uh, where we need to go and what we can do as a church. And we need input from each of us in this room and the other services throughout the church. We need to be uh, contributing. And when we're asked to uh, participate in surveys or in small group meetings, I hope you'll be open to that invitation and that challenge. But where do we go from here after we do this? This will be going on in August. Uh, Michael will be bringing back some really good information, very detailed information from the study that he conducts with us. So our committee will be evaluating that and then coming back to the congregation to determine what our next step will be. Uh, as we look to potentially embark on a, a building project, we need to know is St. Matthew's ready financially, spiritually, are we all in or is it something we need to do now or is it something that needs to wait? So that's the purpose of this study. Uh, we have already met with a group uh, at the conference level. As a United Methodist Church, we're required to do that. They are supportive of what we're about, what we're doing, and it's just a, a part of the process for us to keep them informed. So that's ongoing. We'll report back to them and get their feedback and their insight, and then we'll come back to you as a congregation. So important time over the next two to three months. We hope you'll be um, engaged and listening and uh, participating as you're asked, but also we need your prayers. This committee and the whole church, we need to be praying for discernment and where we need to go as a congregation, what we can do individually as, as members of this church, and uh, just make sure that God's work continues to, to go forward and to reach out to those that need to hear his word. I thank you for your time, and I thank you for the, the months ahead that we will all be involved in. like a hurricane and I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Wind 
please pray with me. Holy God, you are so good and so full of love. In spite of everything we have done wrong, in spite of every mistake we've made, in spite of everything we see wrong in ourselves, you look at us and you see your beloved child. Lord, we just come this day humbled by your love and just seeking your face. In this time, we just ask that you open our hearts, 
and that only you speak. So that we may be drawn into your presence and leave knowing so much more fully what it means to be yours. It's in your son's holy and precious name we gather trusting. Amen. Today, we're going to be in the Old Testament book of Psalms, looking at Psalm 27. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to encourage you to keep it open there. Because we're going to come back and look at specific verses throughout. But Psalm 27, it reads... The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. This psalm starts out strong, doesn't it? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Even though it says, whom shall I fear? I don't think the psalmist is saying that they're never afraid. Instead, what I think they're stating is a truth that Sometimes we have to say to ourselves until in the face of fear, we, we know the truth deep in our hearts and can feel ourselves standing on firm ground on God's firm truth. I love that beginning line, the Lord is my light. That even in the midst of darkness, even in the midst of the unknown, that God will surely light a way even if we cannot see what the future holds, even if we cannot see what will ultimately be. The Lord is our light. The Lord will light our way. The Lord will be a presence where we know we're not alone. The Lord is my light and my salvation. God saves, which we know even more truly than the psalmist. 
how true it is that the Lord is our salvation, that we can say this and we know that God in the person of Jesus Christ has made a way so that not even death can hold us, that our sins cannot be held against us. What do we have to be afraid of if our mistakes are no longer held against us? What do we have to be afraid of? If, if not even death has power over us. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? Strong way to start out. And now I want to jump to verse 10. Where it says, very end here. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. You hear that? Another way to hear it, if even those who should, be, who should love me the most forsake me, if even those who are closest to my heart, if even they forget me, God will never forget us. That God, God is there. Our light, our salvation. These are powerful words, powerful truths. And often when we find ourselves in the valleys or in a place where we just feel so uncertain of our next steps, we need to be reminded of these truths. It's often when we're in the valleys where God can seem hidden. And we can wonder where God is. What's the point of these valleys? What's the point of these unknowns that we face? But as Ants and I were talking this week about this passage and when you know, the language is so strong. This, this psalm of confidence in a God of salvation, a God of hope, a God who is faithful. But as we were talking through some of the verses, we started talking about how, you know, on the mountaintops, it's easy to thank God. It's easy to, to go to God. Because because it's easy in the joy-filled moments to see God at work. The valleys, sometimes we can see glimpses of God. Because even if we're mad, even if we're mad, we, we still look for those glimmers of hope, those glimpses of light. God can feel hidden in the valleys. But as we were talking, what hit me is where I think God is often most hidden is in our everyday lives. Because when we're living our everyday lives, when we're not necessarily in a valley or on a mountaintop, we're just in this rhythm of routine and, and life. And I mean, it's uh, changing diapers, balancing checkbooks, running errands, going to school. I just trying to figure out where we need to go next. It, it's easy to just lose sight and lose track, right? It's often in the everyday of life where we can so easily lose sight of God. 
But what I love about this psalm is that even though the language can be so strong about God's faithfulness in times of adversity, there's four verses that I feel like speak so strongly to the reminders of seeking God in the everyday of not just reserving our faith for the low moments or the high moments. So I want us to look at those. And to start that off with, we're going to look at verse 4. So we're going to back up. Verse 4 where it says, One thing I ask of the Lord that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I love this verse because it's such a beautiful plea to seek to live in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of God all the days of our life. How often do we wake up each day with this plea on our hearts? to live in God's house because this world is God's world. In spite of its brokenness, in spite of this world's failures, this world is God's world. And if we as Christians believe that this is God's world and that God is a present and faithful God, then wherever we as believers are, God is with us and is God's house. Wherever we are in life, Wherever we are is a space for God to show up and for us to see his glory and his goodness. And yet it's often in the everydayness of life that we can forget to even look, that we can forget how sacred all of the world is. How often do we start each day remembering, reclaiming this world as God's and knowing that wherever we step foot, that God will meet us. That wherever we step foot, we can see God's goodness. And when we go forth with that knowledge, we are living in God's house. How often do we start our day seeking to live in his house and to see his goodness? And in verse 8, verse 8, it says, Come, my heart says, seek his face, your face, Lord, do I seek. This beautiful, simple plea. To seek the face of God. How often do we stop where we are to take a moment from our day and try to name where we have seen God's goodness? In the midst of just the ordinary, how often do we stop and seek the face of God? stop and try to think about the blessings that God has placed in our lives as reminders of his presence with us. How often do we stop and seek his face? And then the last two verses, verses 13 and 14, says, I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Often our instinct can be to name what has gone wrong. Often we can just so easily see all that is wrong with the world. But how often, I I think this ties in to reclaiming this world as God's world, as God's house, and seeking his face. How often do we 
do we claim the truth that God is at work in this world? And because God is at work, because God is at life, we will see his goodness. We will see his goodness. And how often do we take that truth and carry it with us into our everyday? And then verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I am terrible at waiting. I'm terrible at waiting. Because I just want to get to the next thing. But I love how the psalm ends with a reminder that sometimes we just have to wait. And the waiting is hard. The waiting is hard and it can be painful sometimes to try and figure out where we will see the goodness of God. Where we will see the face of God. But the word wait in Hebrew also means hope. So what we're seeing here isn't just wait for the Lord. It's saying hope in the Lord. That when we don't want to wait, we are asked to hope and to trust that we will see his goodness, that we will see him at work, that we will experience his glory in our lives. Wait for the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What helps me wait? What helps me hope in, in moments are reminders. I, I like having tangible reminders with me. The necklace, I've gotten into ha- the habit of wearing this a good bit. This necklace was given to me by my best friend on the day of her wedding. And whenever I feel frustrated or when I feel sometimes just alone or just Sometimes you just feel a little lost. I like to wear this necklace because it reminds me of a friend who I talk to every day who has been with me through some of the hardest times in my life and me hers, but also some of the best. This necklace is a reminder for me. This stole I wore it today because this stole, all stoles, pastors wear stoles because stoles remind us that as clergy, we have been yoked to Christ. That we don't represent ourselves. That our life, our call is is bigger than us. Sometimes we need reminders. We need touchstones. A couple of friends of mine who are first responders, they wear a cross necklace so that even under their uniforms, they, they were reminded by the touch of it, by the feel of that just light necklace weight, the promise that God is with them. In the midst of the everyday of life, when when it can be so easy to lose track of the fact that, as it says in Romans 12, that we are to offer up our whole lives, our eating, our sleeping, our walking around lives before God as an act of worship, as an offering. As we just get lost in, in all that we have to do. As we forget to seek God's face, as we can forget that even in the normal, that God is there, that we can see his goodness. What are touchstones that we can place in our lives to encourage us? Especially in the midst of just normalness and everything's fine. What are things we can touch and feel 
and see, to remind us of the holiness and sacredness all around. Even when we may not be able to see it, even when we may not be able to feel it, what are touchstones for us to hold on to in the everyday? I want to invite us all to be thinking about that as the worship team comes to lead us in a final song and as the offering baskets are, are passed, the front is always open for prayer. But may we truly begin to think about what we can hold in our lives to remind us of God's presence with us at all times and all places. Let us pray. Lord, you are here and you are good. And yet, Lord, sometimes we can just so easily get caught up in life where we can recognize you at mill times and set places and times. But we can so easily lose track of where you are. The fact that, that you are always with us, that every moment is a space where you can show up and where you can reveal your glory to us. Lord, help give us reminders to seek your face. Reminders of the fact that everywhere we go is a place where you are. A place for us to just be immersed in your presence and your goodness and your glory. Lord, we trust you in your son's name.
death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boasts of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to to see God's face every day. And even when we feel like his face is hidden, may we remind ourselves of the truths that we can be confident in. Whether valleys low or mountains high or just the everyday. May we go forth expecting to see his glory and to be reminded of his faithfulness. Until we meet again, go forth in his peace.